Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello, my sweeties. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Friendless, the only show about how to lose all your Facebook friends one hour at a time. I am, as always, your host, James Avermanko, back once more to ask what it means to be a friend. How can I be a better friend? And does anyone want to be my friend? (laughs) (laughs) This week, I have special guest, Fringe Festival star and traveling Wilbury, S.E. Grummet, a.k.a. Grums. We chat about lockdowns in Australia, screaming at strangers to follow the arrows, lacking object permanence, trying to stay soft in a world that wants to harden you the fuck up, being the elder guide on baby's first MDMA trip, and so much more. Grums is a fantastic guest, and I absolutely loved catching up with them, but you won't have to take my word for it. Let's just jump right into the episode, and I'll let you lean back and enjoy my interview with S.E. Grummet here on Friendless. Essie Grummet, better known as Grums to their friends, which is why I will call you Essie Grummet for the episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> business only. Yeah. How the hell are you? It's been so long. It's been ages. I I am well. I'm in uh, I'm in the basement of my partner's parents' family home in Minis- in Saint Cloud, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, famous from the movie Juno as the suburb that Juno goes to to uh, sell her baby to. Oh. That boring suburb with all the gray houses. That's Saint wow. Cloud, baby. Now, was that written with the intention of yeah. like? Was that because that was where the screenwriter was from, and they were trying to throw that community under the bus, or? <laughs> Ah, uh, possibly. <laughs> I I don't know. It's a very boring yes. suburb. Um, it's a lot of like, yeah, big McMansions mm. that are all kind of look the same, and you know, have a four car garage. Right. Jesus. Yeah, it's uh, suburbia, just thrown right back uh, into suburbia. Uh, so, Grums, we um, I, I I I'm like actually racking my brain for the last time we actually saw each other because you have been off on adventures all around the world. You've been to Vancouver, you've been to Australia, you're in Minnesota now, and uh, I want to hear I want to hear all the stories. I want to hear all the adventures. Um, but I think where where we'll start. So if let's say if uh if the story ends at and then I pulled up to my partner's parents' house in Minnesota. And threw my bags down exhaustedly. <laughs> um, uh, and if we were to start, um, you know, because we obviously cross, cross paths with our theater work in Saskatoon. And so um, what I'd like to yeah. first ask you about is sort of what got you initially into the theater world? And what was the thing that pulled you into this wild mistake of a lifestyle that we've all chosen? <laughs> it's such a wild mistake of a lifestyle. It's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, I wanted to make movies. I was the sort of like, if we're imagining a high school teen film and there's that weird kid that's always got a camera in their hand, that was me. Um, and I was always like, I'm filming this for the pep rally video. And I wanted to go to 
film school and become the next Spielberg. And I didn't get into any of the colleges I wanted to. And so I went to the U.S., uh, as I think a lot of people do, going like, well, it's here. Um, and I met, I was doing like a web series for a class project, which is like, you know, the next best thing to a big film school and becoming Spielberg, I guess, is a Saskatchewan web series. <laughs> I'm sure Steven Spielberg was like, man, I really missed out on web series. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, yeah, small town theater. Um, and I met all the acting students and they were so cool and they were so different and weird and I had a crush on all of them. And so I was like, what if I did acting? And then I got myself a BFA, a Bachelor of Fuck All in acting uh, from the University of Saskatchewan. Um, and then I started kind of making my own stuff because nobody was casting me in things. Can I ask something about the program? Um, and I and I don't ask this to be disparaging in any way, shape, or form. I just find it really interesting that of all the people who I've encountered coming out of U of, U of S, it's almost been monolithically graduates of acting. There's very few people who seem to go to the U of S theater department with anything outside of the acting stream. And I'm wondering, is that like a a a a a thing in that department or is it like like is everybody just in acting or or what what am i missing there's only two streams so there's only two streams there's acting or design and you've probably met like a ton of people that have gone through design without even realizing it um so all of the most of the designers and the young up-and-coming designers in saskatoon went through the design program so yeah there's only two streams uh to choose from and there were like I don't know, there's friends of ours like Graham Kent or Charlie Peters or Nathan Howe, I'm just name dropping. Um, they all kind of succeeded by making their own work. And I think that that's the beauty that comes out of the U of S program are like really well-rounded um, theater artists because we have to take stage management and we have to learn how to do a sound design and we have to learn how to do build a prop. So you get a lot of people who can kind of be all these jack of all trades, but whether it's the best school if you want to be a capital A actor. I uh, I won't speak to that as someone who's not a great capital A actor. <laughs> I mean, I, I've yet to, and I, I, I again, I don't say this to be disparaging to anybody across any of the universities, but I've yet to really encounter great A, like capital A actors coming out of any university programs. I find that the, the more often than not, the, the artists coming out of those are multifaceted and are much more, broadly skilled and and the people who specialize in acting tend to go to like the conservatories and stuff like that right which is where you're almost supposed to go so so you graduate u of s and you're you're watching all these people work and you're joining that kind of workforce and uh, i feel like that's roughly when jenica and i kind of bumble butt onto the scene um how how recently had you graduated from when we kind of showed up when did you? Yeah, because I feel like you guys got here a year ago, but it's been much, much longer than that. We uh, we moved here end of 2017. Okay, yeah. I So I graduated uh, in the spring 2016. So I was a fresh wee baby's face out on the scene, uh, emerging into the swampy waters of the Saskatoon art scene. <sighs> and uh, you managed to escape it for the most <laughs> part. Um um, and so, so yeah, so, so tell me about some of the, you know, because we saw you doing the, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the play and I apologize, but we, it was the, the woodland creature, the, the, the scouts, the scouts show. <laughs> Pack 
animals. Pack animals. That's Thank my you. yeah. That's my little duo show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I feel like the last time I saw you would have been right before I left for Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you either came to the wolves or you came to Girl in the Box. That's right. I saw both of those. Yeah. Whichever one was the second one would have been the one that we probably saw each other off from right so i i was in the wolves and Mm. then like three days after it closed i flew away to australia and i have not been back since wow now was the intention of that to be there that long or were you trapped yeah you you were kind of trapped kind of waiting it out um we were only supposed to be there for three months and i wanted to kind of like do some of the aussie festivals as a staff member because i've had too many friends like take a show down and completely like lose their shirt yeah like in these big 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 festivals um and we were supposed to come back in april we were supposed to fly to japan and stay with my friend amber lynn on a u.s air force base that her wife works on wow and go to the applebee's on the air force base in japan (laughs) cool um, i know I was like, oh, it'd be so good to just get those matzo sticks in mm-hmm. Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all got canceled, of course, of course because COVID. Mm-hmm. And we went, let's just, what if we just like stay in Australia and wait till this COVID thing blows over? It'll be like six weeks tops. <laughs> and then uh, I just got back two weeks ago to North America. Um, yeah, I'm in. And what were Minnesota. you doing? What were you doing? Like filling, like how were you filling your time there? Because I know, uh, you know, I mean, like you know, like so from the from the Canadian perspective, right? Like Australia has had such a different experience in terms of their very intense lockdowns when they do lock down, and then being able to sort of reopen at times, and 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 um, you know, obviously we're over here just like shivering and glaring, right? Because <laughs> 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 everybody seems to be having a well, better time. Well, well, y'all were having your like nice summer and going to the cabin and having your like socially distanced camping trips. Um, we so we were in Melbourne, which was like the hot spot in Australia, right, and we were in a really intense lockdown for four months where you could um, only leave your house for an hour a day. Wow! Um, so it was it was full on yeah. like it. But the weird thing is like when we got out of lockdown, we had 60 straight days of no cases. So it kind of felt like we could pat ourselves on the back and go like, we did it. Mm -hmm. Lockdown was effective. And you at least get that gratification. Whereas like lockdowns, yes, they're really important in North America in terms of flattening the curve and making sure that the infection rate doesn't get worse, Mm -hmm. but you often come out of lockdowns and there's still tons of cases and you go right back into lockdown and it doesn't feel, yeah, I don't know. That's just how it's felt watching it from the other side of the world yeah big time that was the whole thing for that was my whole experience where i was like well why are we coming out of lockdown when it's not done yet so why are we stopping this now Mm -hmm. you know like we haven't done what we said we were setting out to do so we're not getting a pat on the back here yeah so like while it was really intense in australia i never really felt in danger of getting it it was frustrating to be like we have no cases. Why do I, why are we still, why can't I not go outside for more than an hour? But it was, yeah, it paid off. So during that, I like did all of the lockdown things of like learning to bake and having plants. Cause I'm somebody that's traveled and toured a lot. I've never really lived one place. So having, having things like plants is really nice. Um, and then when we got out of lockdown, I worked as a Santa photographer 
Uh, taking photos of bratty children with santa and santa had to be fully masked the families could take their masks off for the photos and then had to put them back on but i just like can't wait till i'm 80 and like telling my great-grandchildren that during the global pandemic um i had to take photos of children with santa it's unreal to me the the weird demands like like who who was like no this is a tradition that doesn't get canceled. I have to put my little Chad Jr. on the on the on the the, the seat of this old man stranger, and I have to endanger this old man for my gratification. Like it's such a really you needed that this year. And you're like Santa isn't really magic. He's actually like a 75 year old man who's high risk. Like, <laughs> can we? Yeah, the amount of like entitlement yeah. from Aussies too. While while like I'm watching Canada go through its second wave, and all of my friends and family be locked down and not be able to see each other, and then I have these like upper middle class to rich white Aussies coming in and being like, "My Santa photo. What do you mean Santa can't hold my baby? Just a second. I need to put the bow on my potato so you know it's a girl potato." You're like, <laughs> "Yep." It was. A lot. It was a little bit surreal looking yeah, back. I'll bet. Yeah, that, that that's been one thing. That's been one thing that I've noticed, especially just like there's these moments of like utter dystopia, and it's never the things that people actually genuinely clock, right? Because you know you see <laughs> you see you know obviously you see the internet and all the people creating straw men about like the the vaccine passport and how that's the equivalent of like having papers in Nazi Germany or whatever fucking dumbass argument they're making. But um, but the stuff that's truly dystopian is the stuff like. You know, a friend of mine uh, was complaining about waiting in line at the Cactus Club in Vancouver and how it took them so long to be seated and how they were really unhappy with how much the server was touching their mask. And I was like, just take a breath here. Just take a breath here and listen back. Let's just play that story back, you know? Like, you know? And like when you walk by, you know, you walk by windows of like, the the diners with their masks off and all the all the like worn down servers with their masks. It's just like that's the shit that I'm like, oh, how is anybody possibly okay with any of this? You know? It's such a weird power difference. Or like watching people at the checkout of the grocery store and the, they've got all like the glass yes. the glass or the plastic sneeze screens or whatever they're called. Yep. And watching people like pull their mask down and reach around it to try and talk to the to the cashier and you're like scream. what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. It's it's that's what that's for. <laughs> I, I I have um I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna devolve how much time I've dedicated to it, but let's say a healthy amount of time of my therapy <laughs> sessions of uh, my, my new therapy sessions have been dedicated to basically my therapist letting me vent about like it's fucking april 2021 it's been a year and a half how could nobody follow the fucking arrows you know like (laughs) it says wait here there's a thing on the floor it has tiny footprints on it just put your stupid feet on the tiny footprints that's the thing they literally they they have made it as easy as humanly possible and we still can't get it right and it's just like oh man we're fucked like (laughs) and like there's a there's like it's it's anxiety inducing because you're like please just follow the rules i don't want to get sick exactly it's yeah it's absurd 
Yeah. And it's weird coming back to North America and it's weird yeah. coming back to the States. So that's what I wanted to exactly. So that's actually, so that leads me back to where I was kind of trying to get the, the narrative through is like, so you've spent this year in Australia with this experience and now you're back here in Minnesota and like, how are you feeling? Like, what's the, you know, cause again, it's like, you know, you, you pick up on stuff through media, but what the fuck is that even, you know? And so it's like, I'm endlessly curious with like the genuine on the ground experiences. And like, is it like, is it as bad as it seems or is it worse or is it better? Is it not as intense? It's definitely a weird culture shock. Mm. Um, and it was even a weird culture shock going from Melbourne to Adelaide because Bad. Adelaide, I think, was in lockdown for three days. <laughs> but otherwise, they've been living like a very normal time and all they have to do is scan a QR code when they go anywhere. And then there's a, like a, a slightly lower capacity. I think they're still operating at like 75% capacity everywhere. Wow. But when we were there for Fringe, people were going out. There were crowds. There was stuff happening. And and were they barely masked. Or, no, really, no. No. Mask? Wow. Like even my audience for my show didn't have to be masked because it was a fifty percent capacity. Right. So it was like a weird culture shock just going from Melbourne to that. But then to go from that, like we flew from Sydney to LAX, and the international oh, airport fuck. in LAX was a ghost town. Yeah, there was bet. nobody there. Yeah. And then the second we we had to transfer from LAX to Minneapolis, the second we go to the domestic airport, it is so crowded. Yeah. It looks like in movies when there's like Thanksgiving weekend travel, it's like that busy. <laughs> Everybody's masked, thankfully, but nobody's social distancing. Right. Not even like security guards are even getting really close. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh we're not in kansas anymore like this is so we double masked it it was like quickly take a bite of a snack and put your mask back on and just it was full on and now that we're in minnesota like we're we finished our quarantine about a week ago and we're still not going anywhere yeah no big time parents are vaccinated so they run and go get us groceries and things and we're just staying inside yeah that's good for them i'm really glad that they're now are they they've had both both jabs or just the first yeah so they're they're moving right along with the vaccine and they've opened up vaccines to 16 plus here so we're just like might get vaccinated before we come fully vaccinated before we come back to canada which would be so lucky right so so lucky yeah yeah because they're opening up like here they're apparently at about 55 is where it's the cutoff um my dad went to go wait in line today and waited for three hours and then went no i gotta pee i gotta i gotta leave and they i think they cut off after two hours of being open they cut off the line wow that's it yeah man and it's just like there's no one here how do we not have like like how is not everyone already vaccinated there's nobody here (laughs) you know yeah anyway oh okay that's it's a lot of screaming yes. it's it's wor- like this this whole scenario is just yeah a lot of screaming needs to happen you know the real the real heart of the question of this whole show is getting to the bottom of have I been a good friend, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm, I, a lot of it is like reflecting on my own behavior within my different friendships. And, and so um, where I've begun to sort of try to answer that is to first figure out what it means to be a friend at all. And, uh, and that question is so broad and open-ended and so uh, essentially unanswerable um, that I always love hearing the, you know, my guests uh, opinions on it. So, so where I like to start is to, ask how do you personally define friendship 
Oof, it's a that's a doozy of a question. Right? Um, yeah, I think I don't know as a as a non-binary person, I generally avoid any sort of binary sure. <laughs> in general. Um, so I think this idea of like, I think friend can mean a lot of different things or have different layers or a spectrum of friendship yay spectrums um and so i think it can go from like that person that you call when you're going through a breakup and you know that they will drop whatever they're doing and they will come over and bring you snacks and and pet your hair and rub your back there's like that level of really intense friendship and then there's like other levels of friendship where I want to invite you to my birthday party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we might not like hang out a bunch one-on-one, but I still think that your presence is fun and I enjoy your company. Yeah. And so I think that I have people in my life that are across between there. And, and I like the way you talk about how ADHD has influenced your friendships um, because I am somebody who is very potentially on that spectrum as well. Um, And I I also have that object permanence of like, if you're not immediately in front of me or immediately in my Facebook timeline, I'm sorry, but I might forget you exist. And that doesn't mean I don't, you don't matter to me. And that doesn't mean that you don't mean the world to me. It's just, I am a distracted little puppy who wants to play with the first thing I see. Exactly. Yes. Big time. And yeah. Um, And I also read something about people with ADHD having, I forget the words they use, but basically it meant that like our friendships and our relationships don't, won't deteriorate without um, upkeep and contact, like consistent contact. So I will often run into someone I haven't seen in years and still feel like I'm picking up right where I left off where they might not feel the same way. And so I think I really struggle with that is like this little Labrador puppy comes running at you and was like, Oh my God, I love you. How are you? I haven't seen you in ages. And they're like, I haven't seen you in three years. I haven't heard from you in three years. Yeah. And their level, their rating of our friendship is different. That's, oh my God, that is me to a T. And I, I have that all the time. And, and it's something, it's funny because it's something I've talked about throughout almost this entire show, like through the whole run of this podcast. And yet I'm only recently discovering that like, yeah, there is like a clinical reason for that. But I, cause I have that. I like, I will, you know, um, I'll think of somebody either out of the blue or I'll be reminded of them or whatever it may be. And it's like, I saw them yesterday to me, you know, it's like, Oh my God, I remember this fun thing that we did, or I remember this funny thing they said or whatever it might be. And I, and I, yeah, I am genuinely, uh, it's like I'm in constant friendship stasis, you know? And it's like, and you get, you get like unfrozen, whatever we show up. And, and for me personally, I love that. Right. You know, I love the ability to just pop in whenever and, and be okay with it being, a week or a month or a decade, whatever it might be. Um, Cause it also like, I think that um, social media and this sort of roots back to the whole, the whole question of this show, like social media has really altered what we think of as long-term relationships and long-term friendships. And it's altered how we think we should value those things because it's created this perception that we should hang on to every connection we've ever had at all times for forever. And it's like, it's okay to let stuff go. And it's okay to let people go have a life. And if you run into each other, that's fucking awesome. Be kind and be excited. And if you never see each other again, that's fucking awesome too. Because that means your lives just went off in different adventures, you know? And and so it's like, 
yeah, that 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 need to hold on to everything is so limiting, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I do have those friendships where I don't have them on social media and I don't text them all the time and I don't message them. Um and when I'm in town, we'll hang out and it's yeah, it's like nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. And there's just like certain people in my life that will be like that and then yeah, you're right. There's going to be other people that you you know, you grow apart and you know, you don't have to get together when you are in the same town and yep. it's just kind of like accepting that and i think there's a grief involved in that but it doesn't have to be a big grief and it doesn't have to be something that we um you know uh feel bad about feel guilty about yeah there's a big there's definitely guilt and shame involved in like moving past people and i think that that's like you know to me that's like one of the most insidious elements of social media in general is this is it's like um it's like smoking because it's like it's like when you when you know I used to be a smoker and when I was quitting, um you know there was always that fear in the back of your head of like well what am I gonna do if I can't think of something to say what if I'm at a party and I can't break away to go for a cigarette to like end a conversation you know like because it was such a crutch to like get away from people or to move to a different conversation or things like that and then what happens is you quit smoking and you just find other things to talk about it's fine it's nothing you know like whatever you know. Um, and I think that that's the same thing with social media, where we're now in a place where we think, well, if I'm not on Facebook, then I won't have any friends and I won't I won't be able to know what's happening. And I have to know everything that's happening and I have to be actively engaged in everything. And I have to be able to have a hot take on every subject that comes up every day. And I have to know who, who the main character of Twitter is every day and all these fucking things. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and it's like and it's like and it's like the more you move away from them, the more you realize that, like, the world keeps spinning. And, you know, and, and, and the issues are still there. The issues are ever present, no matter where you're, you know, uh, engaging with them. Right. You know, and maybe it's a lot better for all of our mental health. If we just take a little bit of distance from it, I'm preaching to, I'm not preaching to the choir, Mm. but I wish I could take my own advice is what I'm trying to say. Big time, big time. Well, and that's just it too. I mean, Yeah. yeah, big time where it's like, I can see it all and I still endlessly participate in it, you know? Oh yeah. I'm still like swiping away. Like, Ooh, yes. Instagram stories. Oh my God. Um, I did this and I sold my Instagram account this past year. Wow. So a health food brand from some Wall Street tycoon <laughs> messaged my Instagram, my at Grummy's account, and wanted to buy it. And I was like, uh, I don't know, like this might be a scam. Then offered me a thousand US dollars. First he offered me seven fifty and I haggled. Yeah. Um and I sold my account and for a while it was like, oh, but I have a thousand followers and I have all of the people I follow. And then I took a step back and I was like, it's a fucking Instagram account yeah, it's, and yeah. you can buy groceries for a few months. Exactly. And so it was like starting from scratch and going like, really, it is just a vanity project yeah. of like, let me just post photos of myself, my adventures, my friends, my dog. It's fun, but really it's not my identity. It's not who I am. Exactly. Well, and especially when so yeah. many of these platforms have become 
just advertising platforms, right? It's just become about brands and it's become about marketing. It's become about product placement. And so it's just like, it's, yeah, it, it, uh, every once in a while I'm struck with this, like, oh, fuck. Instagram is just like your neighbor making you sit in their living room and look at their slides from their vacation, but forever. And it's everyone, you know, like it's, it's, and, and it's like, I used to hate that. I used to, I, I always be like, no, I don't want to come over and see your trip to Egypt. I don't give a shit. I'm nine. I don't care. <laughs> Did that actually happen? Did yeah, we to... had, yeah, we had, yeah, we, we, we had, we had neighbors who would go on trips and then they would, they would make us look at their slides. And we had a, I had a classmate who, who I was with all from grade one, all the way up to like grade nine, who every summer would go on some trip with his family. And then in the fall, his mom would bring a projector and do a class presentation to the class. It was fucked up. Uh, fucked up right? Rich kids. Right? Exactly. Rich kids. <laughs> Savings. Checkings. GIC. Budget. RESP. RRSP. TFSA. Mutual funds. Credit score. Emergency funds. Variable versus fixed rates. Compound interest. Retirement. The list goes on and on. It's time to make sense of it all. At Connexus Credit Union, they want to help. Financial literacy is a critical life skill, giving you the knowledge and confidence to make smart, responsible decisions about your money. Visit ConnexusMoneyTalk.ca to find expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events, and increase your financial literacy knowledge and confidence today. Um, so what's something you wish you did as a child that you wish you could take into your adult friendships? Like, what's something that you did... As a as a wee friend. Oh, that is such a good question. I love that question because I think about <laughs> that sometimes, and I think about like what was different about my friendships then, right? And um, and I don't know if it's because like you know life like life happens, right? And everybody sort of inadvertently becomes harder, and like the the work of life is to sort of remain soft, right? And so it's like hard yeah. to it's hard to you know stay open and stay honest and stay vulnerable and all those things. Um, you know, like looking back at like my best friends, I think the thing that uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to say I did well, but the things that I like to think I did would be like actively like actively nourishing the friendship at all times like so like things like you know um uh you know calling them up when you want to you know it's it's like simple things I'm just I'm trying to think of like kid activities like you call them up and you invite them <laughs> over right you invite them over for a play date or you or you ask if you can come over and you spend the day together and and it's not like um it's not like let's go drink, right? It's like let's do an activity together, you know. Um, um, you know, I I I think about like my old best friend from uni um, from elementary school and how we would like we'd go to his place and then we'd like go exploring the neighborhood all day. And I can remember like he lived in a kind of a really far like a like at the time it was the outskirts of Calgary, and so there was like there was like tar pits and dirt hills and like just like <laughs> shit to go explore right you know and so it's like i i wish i was better at um calling up a friend and like going 
exploring or like um like a like sort of like goalless if you will like a, a goalless hangout or and especially like non yeah. non substance related to right like not to like drink yeah. or whatever it might be you know like it's like i've actually um i've like drastically cut back on my drinking since the pandemic like i i maybe drink maybe once a week if that um and uh that's pretty good for during this pandemic because yeah i'm i'm I'm, like pretty proud of it i I did a sober month and it was hard yeah yeah and i you know and it it was it sort of happened inadvertently because i was getting such bad hangovers so i was like oh this sucks i'm gonna just stop this but but what it's made what it's what it's sort of inadvertently shown is like i quite like waking up in the morning and i quite like you know not feeling like a bag of dicks when i you know (laughs) yeah so like so i just and i like doing stuff sober now you know i really like going out in the sun sober and all those things you know and stuff that i used to be like i need to be stoned to do this or i need to be drunk to do this or whatever it might be you know and like you know so so yeah i think substanceless goalless hangouts (laughs) i love the idea of goalless hangouts because yeah i remember as a kid you'd like call up your friend and you're spending the day together and you have no idea what you're gonna do you're just gonna like go over to their house and hang out or go explore and that's that's something that yeah i wish we did more of is just like hey i got a couple hours for you You want to hang out and i don't know i don't have any plans and you just kind of see where the day takes you and there's this thing um uh jenica and i are actually we're we're talking about it the other day about how like how much time we used to spend at our friends just like hanging out in their bedroom like just sort of like and we wouldn't even necessarily be doing something like maybe i'd be reading and they'd be playing with action figures or maybe we'd all be reading comic books or whatever it might be like we would have like quiet time together you know and like and like you know like maybe that's something that we could try bringing back when it's safer is like this idea of like because i know for me i feel this anxiety about entertaining right and about like always staying up and always staying energized and and but but then on the flip side internally you know my energy levels they're like a goddamn roller coaster and and so it's like you know when my energy dips um i i become a little recluse and i go be alone and it's like well maybe maybe we could shift that a little bit and instead just like just be quiet together you know (laughs) alone time together right exactly single parents alone together you know (laughs) yeah i also i really miss sleepovers and i wish that as adults we could have like non-sexual related sleepovers because i think you just like stay up too late and you always like my sleepover we watch one of two movies which is either dodgeball or mean girls and (laughs) i just miss that i just miss like we're having a sleepover with like four pals and we're gonna like tell secrets and gossip and like you know like yeah 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 stay up too late need too much sugar right exactly accidentally set off the alarm and wake up your parents (laughs) your 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 friend's mom and piss her (laughs) off you know Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West's digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local, expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. This is always one of my favorite questions because it always, it either, it either like, lights up a, a memory I forgot I had or it like colors in an experience of something I remember. Um, 
and and uh you know obviously we don't have like a deep well to draw from but i think we've got some fun fun ones um and so i'm curious yeah. what <laughs> I, i'm curious what is your most vivid memory of our friendship so i have two that came to mind nice. and one i feel like it was very like early in when i had met you and we were hanging out again, Graham Kent's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we had gone to the Rook and you and Graham were like three ish sheets to the wind. And you were, we were all kind of leaving and you're like, no, 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 we'll walk. And I remember Kyle and I going and driving, being like, okay, we're going to head home and driving and driving past you guys. And just being like, these motherfuckers are going to freeze to death. So like forcing you to get in the back of my shitty little car and you're both drunk and we're just driving around. And I think we were maybe dropped you off at the yard, but you're just like loud and drunk and hilarious. And I'm like, oh my God, just, just you're fogging up all the windows in the middle of like a Saskatchewan winter. Yeah, because his, Uh, his, his... and I think you were on a quest for pizza or something. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, And I think, (laughs) oh my God, I remember that one because I was like, that was my first, that was my, like within the first year that I, I, we had moved there and I was like, I was hell bent on making sure Graham had a really fun birthday. Um, I think we had like, I don't know if he had talked, I don't know if he had said he had had a bad birthday the year before, or maybe it was just in my head. I was just like, I'm going to be a good friend to my new friend this year, you know? And, um, (laughs) and we just got in our head. Like we were like, yeah, I got him shit faced because he never, he's, he's, he's somebody who always like nurses a drink. And I'm always like, uh, uh, not this time, you know? So I was getting him around. And then, um, yeah, we were gonna get pizza. At, oh my god! And uh, and uh, and uh, but there was nowhere around, so we went to the yard, and I think we ended up just getting fries. I don't think we oh, even I think got I pizza. Up, I think I ended up even like wait, staying and hanging out longer. I was like ready to go home, and I was like, oh, okay, this is actually fun. Right? Yeah. And then the other memory I have, and this is totally tables have turned. Um, was Alyssa Billingsley through a New Year's party. Yeah. And it's the first time that Grummo had ever done MDMA. And I this is all spotty for me, sure. but I remember at some point you and Jenica showing up and I had been DJing, yes. but I basically had like set an iPod and let it play. And then I just remember being really high and wanting to just feel everybody's teeth. So I think I remember coming up to you and going like can I please touch your teeth? And then you being like, uh-huh. And just letting me just like get in there and rub my teeth around ev- rub my finger around all of your teeth. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, so, it was so funny because like, I haven't done, I haven't done like ecstasy, ecstasy and MDMA and stuff in years and years and years. And, um, and it was, and it was really cute. I felt like, I felt like a little, I felt like a, like an elder. Like I felt like a community elder. <laughs> You know, because so many of my little bubbies were, were all doing it. And I was like, oh, you're so... You're, For the first time. Right? And everybody was so nervous and everyone was so excited. And, you know, and it's like, that's great. And, like, and I just wanted to make sure everybody had fun. So I was just like, fuck, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna make you feel weird or, you know, like... Because, like, my first time on ecstasy was, uh, like... like I mean, you're on ecstasy, so it's not that scary. You kind of can't be scared. It's sort of, you know, it's, like, sort of impossible. The, right? You know? But it was still... That's the draw of it. Right? But it was still a very... It was a very intense night. We were, like, at a club, but it was just... It was very intense. And um, so, yeah. So now anytime... Anytime 
I know people are doing drugs. I I was trying my best to just like make it as fun for them as possible. Like you know, and you know, there's always those people. You know, there's uh, I would always encounter them mostly in university, but um, there's those people who like find out somebody's high and they decide to like fuck with them. And I'm just like, what yeah. the fuck? Are you? Like, get go, grow up, go home, you know, like get out of here, you know. And so I just try to be, I try to be the the counterbalance to that, where I'm just like, yeah, that's weird, sure, whatever, fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that that actually, funny enough, that that New Year's, the way we closed that party out before we left, Jenica and I left was, um, it was either you, it must have been you actually, you put on. <laughs> Uh, Kate Bush, you put on, uh, is it called Wuthering? Is the song called Wuthering Heights? Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Yes. And, it's um, a classic. And, uh, but, um, so, uh, <laughs> Jenica, Jenica and I, like, we were leaving and then you put that on and we like, just like full ass, like arms <laughs> wide, like witch danced it and, uh, and then left. Like, didn't even say goodbye to anybody. We just, like, danced and left. <laughs> and uh, and I remember looking over, and um, sweet sweet Kyle Kachurka was just, like, giving me this look like he had no idea what he was looking at. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember we were leaving, and I was like, oh, I bet, I bet they all think we're really weird. And Jenica was like, good. I want everyone to think I'm a little weird. <laughs> You know, uh, you know. Um, I don't say this to, to to preload your answer, but you know, you having come out of Australia and the the, the adventures you've had, um, I can only assume you have um, uh, a different perspective on a lot of these things. And um, you know, with you being in in Minnesota as well, I can't help but you're you're perceiving the world opening and closing very differently. And um, so, I'm curious from from your observation from all these places you've been and and um, and how you're taking it in, what do you think it's going to take to be a quote unquote good friend in 2021 and then moving forward? And, and I'll sort of addend that too with like, how do you think you're going to try and show up yourself for, for, to be a friend? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be being really patient Mm. with each other and, having really low expectations for our friends because I know it's hard sometimes to feel like nobody's checking in on me and, and this person hasn't messaged me back. And I think it's just realizing that like everybody's going through it. Um, Particularly for like me looking at North America is like, I went through a very different experience. And so being really patient with our friends as the world opens up where it's not like, okay, we're all vaccinated and they say we can have large gatherings and not expecting too much out of each other. Cause I think we've went through a year and a half of, or a year, I guess, of pretty intense, this is going to take some therapy and some work to get over. Um, and then, yeah, for myself, I think it's just recognizing that I went through a very different experience and that, mm. Yeah, the first lockdown was hard, but that I have a lot of, I'm really lucky in other senses. So talking to people in North America and just recognizing that, like, I have so much privilege being able to have stayed in Australia. And I don't know what it's like to go through 
the same sort of COVID scenario as everybody of all of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope friends of mine will be patient with me as I get back to North America and it doesn't feel like they, I, I just hope people don't feel like they've been abandoned. Right. Yeah. No, I think, I think is my biggest fear. Yeah. No. And I think, you know what? I think that you really nailed it with the um, just patience. It's just going to take so much patience and empathy. Right. You know, it's something that I've been really, harping on i feel like in the in the last couple of weeks in the last couple of episodes but but even longer behind that is that like um empathy isn't sympathy right you know like sympathy i find to be like very demeaning and very like oh you didn't know better whereas empathy is like understanding it's not forgiving it's not letting people off the hook but it's understanding and i think that's what it's going to take is to empathize with the process that each person is going to have to go through um Right. And, and cause yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of discourse on Twitter right now about like, you know, Oh, you're just anxiety shaming people who are now vaccinated, who can go out or, you know, like there's all these weird levels of nagging that are going on. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think we all just have to just be a little nicer to each other and like, just be a little bit more understanding that it's not going to be easy to get a needle and then suddenly you pretend it's back to normal. Right. Like, if it could be that easy, yeah. fuck yeah, but I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be, that'd be real nice. I mean, like, the states are acting like it is. Yeah. Everything's wide open over here. Yeah. Should it be? Absolutely not. They've had a huge spike in cases. That's but right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a weird summer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Another weird summer. I just I just suddenly got the <laughs> Can you put that in a beat? Absolutely. Uh, hard yeah. times. What do they say? Things I can I don't know. I don't remember that song. Um Grums Man. Um thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I, um, we do have one last thing that I need to do before we close out the interview, but I just, before I do that, I do just want to say, you know, um, how much I appreciate you and how, like how lucky I feel for having you in, you know, my, my, my network and my friend group. And, you know, it's been, it's been so long, but, um, I'm really grateful that we could just like pick up the phone and just chat like this, you know, and, and, um, and I just think you're wonderful. I think you're amazing. And I think I'm just so like, I'm so impressed that you're just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go do that. <laughs> you know, like, like it's really, it's really fucking hard. You know, it's really fucking hard. And I wish more people could understand how fucking hard it is and you're doing it. And that's incredible. And so just like, keep it up, you know? Thank you. And yep. thank you for having me on this. I, I, I definitely think this, like, I was like, oh, is it going to be awkward? I haven't talked to you in so long. Yeah. And it like absolutely hasn't. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And I think that's proof that uh, not every friendship do you need to like nurse along the way. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes like set, set that toy aside and come back and play with it. Now you're a toy in my, there you go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. But also just like, it's like, just like, it's always just a matter of like, just, just be nice when you can be nice. You know what I mean? And, and if you can't be nice, just don't be around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Just go away. But 
Go away. All right. If you can't stand on the like COVID socially distanced footprints, right? go away. Exactly. Get out of here. Get out of here. The arrow is pointing the other way, buddy. Uh, right. One last thing. <laughs> S.E.Grummit, a.k.a. Grums. That's me. Pulling up your Facebook here. And <gasps> we Delete are no longer Facebook friends. <gasps> tear, 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 tear. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you one more time to Grums for coming on the show. I just adore them, and I'm so friggin' lucky to call them a friend. And I'm lucky to call you a listener friend. (laughs) Wow, how is that for a transition? If you want to be a good friend, be sure to give the show a five-star review anywhere you listen to it. It helps me out so, so much. Crazy story, the show is actually oddly hovering in the like low 90s of the top 100 relationship podcasts in Canada which blows my little mind maybe we can get it going even more I don't know but I can only do that if you rate the episodes and share the links tell your friends about friendless and just be a good friend god damn it Be sure to sign up for the newsletter. It's just once a month and packed with book reviews, article recommendations, and brand new writing from yours truly. You can follow the link in the show notes to sign up. There isn't really anything else to report on, so I will leave it there. But I do hope you have a great week, and I hope to see you back here for another episode of Friendless. But as always, that is then, and this is now. So for now, just remember I love you, and I'll catch you soon. Fun and safety, my sweeties. (laughs) 